Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. I am not John Harrison. And John Harrison is not in the room. So let's see how this goes. All right. Well, I am here with Melissa and Madeline. I'm Tanner Hubbard from our team. Um, Melissa and Madeline and John just got done recording a podcast about leaders and employees identifying burnout and some things they can do to try to reduce burnout in the workplace. Uh, In this kind of part two episode, we want to talk about specific strategies that individuals can take to avoid burnout. So you might be in a position where your boss doesn't uh, buy into this, doesn't get it, isn't going to support you in in a journey of wellness to to avoid burnout. Uh, You might have a a very well-meaning boss who would love to assist you, but you and them just aren't on the same page on some things. So regardless of your situation, we think individuals have a duty, a responsibility to manage their own burnout. Um, And and we're going to talk about some of that, some things we've done uh, personally, some things we've uh, encouraged others to do over time. But um, just I'll just kind of throw this out to all of us. What what are some things you've had to do um, in your previous careers, in your time here at the John Harrison team? What are things you've done that have helped you avoid burnout um, at work or at home? Well, one thing, and Melissa kind of alluded to it in the last podcast, but is having that conversation with your supervisor whenever you feel like you have a lot on your plate of what is my actual priority? You know, what's one, two, and three on my list when I have 20 things on my list um, so that I can like really focus. Um, And Melissa's done, she's my direct supervisor. And so she has done a great job at that. Um, I've asked her to sit down with me and we made a full Excel spreadsheet with, you know, different filters, high priority, low priority. Um, and so I've been able to kind of live off that list for a while. And anytime I do feel overwhelmed, um, she's made it very clear, you know, let's, you know, even if it's a 30 minute meeting, let's go sit down and look at that list together and figure out what those things are. So that's been super helpful for me because even our, in our small company, you know, you, you can feel burned out, um, and we're not perfect. And, and that's just, the name of the game whenever you're in the workforce, like things are going to get overwhelming sometimes and you just have to re-strategize and reprioritize. Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably one of the worst. I mean, I've always had a workaholic mentality raised by parents who were also workaholics and doing everything they could to provide for our family, you know? So I, I kind of gained that same mentality and it's very difficult for me, but one of the things I try to do even in past life and current life is, you know, end my day end it, set the end day and end time, you know, if it's five o'clock or five 30 or four 30, whatever it is, but to try to keep that balance, which we talked about on the last podcast too. Um, it's very difficult for me to do that with that mentality, but it's some of those tricks that I have put in place for myself to end the day, you know, try not to work while I'm on vacation, you know, just, you know, taking breaks appropriately or even recategorizing my day so that if I have something personal I need to do, I make sure I take the time to do that because 
that's just going to add to my stress and the potential burnout if, you know, I need to schedule the appointment to go to X doctor or take the dog to the vet or, you know, whatever the case may be, but try to set that time aside to make sure it gets done. Yeah. And that's extra hard working from home too, because you've got all your distractions. So you really do have to set boundaries of this is my workspace. I'm going to work, you know, I, I kind of time block even, um, you know, I might set a timer some days whenever I'm feeling really scattered and I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on this one project for two hours. And, you know, I kind of time block like that. Um, I have an Alexa in my house and that's a tip. If you have an Alexa, you can just say, Alexa, set a timer for two hours and she does it for me. And it's, it's really easy. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think my, my take on the eight to five workday is kind of hard for me because whenever I'm doing something creative, like sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'm not feeling creative. Um, and so I may, you know, take that morning to like have some quiet time for myself and then know that I'm going to work in the evenings because I do feel more creative in the evenings. So working from home, it's a challenge sometimes, but you just, you got to figure that out. And I think I finally have kind of found that balance a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, you've both addressed this well already. I, it's something I've heard, and I haven't personally done this one. I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm taking someone else's suggestion um, just because this is what worked for them. But uh, to Melissa's point about kind of ending your work day and, and Matt on your point about, um, you know, having those uh, time blocks of, of when you're doing things. I know people who have put on their calendar at five o'clock, six o'clock, whenever their end of day is, they put on their work calendar, you know, their Google calendar, whatever they use outlook and will say, go home or, you know, leave the office or go be with kids or whatever that is. But so that it pops up just like all your other notifications throughout the day. If you got this meeting, you got this deadline, you know, it pops up and says, leave the office. Right. And sometimes that's what it takes for some people. But a question I want uh, either of you to answer to, but I know Melissa, you definitely have some, some input here. So let's talk about somebody who maybe doesn't have the flexibility that we've addressed here. You know, maybe they don't work in an environment where they're allowed to just, you know, leave when they should leave kind of thing. They're being told to, to work or maybe they're working, you know, they're on call or they work overnights, whatever the case may be. I do think there's still a responsibility and some things we can do if your boss comes to you and brings you more, you know, something else. You've already got your list and boom, here's something else on your list. What would you suggest for someone um, to manage that instead of just taking it on and saying, all right, fine. And knowing it's going to add some stress to you. How do you handle that when some of this is out of your control? How would you respond when something else is added to your already long list? Yeah, I think you just have to be open and transparent about the list to start with and just say, you know, okay, I have 15 things on my list. You're adding five more to the list. So which of the five are going to be pushed down to the, to the next, you know, the end list of the 20 there? Um, because you can't do them all. There's only eight hours in a day. Um, maintaining the balance is important to you. So I think having that transparent conversation to ask about that. Um, and you may find out, and John talks about this in the session, right? You may find out that number seven on the list fell off and they're not doing it anymore. And it's not a, it's not a focus. And sometimes in, in communication and transition from the top down, those things get lost. So, you know, just having those reoccurring one-on-one -on -one meetings to have those discussions regularly so that you know what's important. But you have to be willing to, to put that on the table to say, okay, help me reprioritize. Re what are the top three things or the top five things? And then furthermore, I think setting deadlines around each of those items that are on the list, because sometimes, you know, they're just kind of nebulous or they're so large that you have to take them in smaller bites or smaller chunks. And I think being able to set those timelines around those pieces is also equally important. 
No, that's a good point. Well, um, I do want to talk about some internal, and I think y'all already alluded to this. I want to talk about some internal kind of real life situations. We, we're not perfect. Uh, we've had to deal with this internally, even in our four person company about how we avoid burnout. So we'll talk about that a little bit. You can just see the, you know, the real and the raw of the John Harrison team. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to that, I do want to talk a little bit about the personality aspect of this because uh, Melissa, you know, you mentioned you being goal task oriented, and that doesn't mean that you don't have a people side to you. That's just your default. Madeline, I'd say you're the, the opposite of that, right? Very people oriented doesn't mean you don't get your job done, but that's just your default as being that uh, people side of things. So we talk about personalities in our, our longer leadership and employee sessions. Um, but if you haven't been through that, basically, we talk about lions, otters, beavers, golden retrievers. Um, lions and beavers would be the goal task oriented type personalities on that axis. And uh, otters and golden retrievers would be pe- more people oriented and they can be extrovert, introvert, all that. But it just comes from Dr. Gary Smalley's um, personality uh, information there. We, we borrow that from him um, that, and that, uh, so it's out there. You can find that, if, just Google it up if you, if you want. But my point of that is all personalities are gonna experience burnout at some point. For, yes. through, and, and, and I think, Melissa, you may see that more of just do, 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 do until you break. Madeline, that may be from your side, it may be more of like, you know, people, please, 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 and then break because, but they're still going to end up in the same place. Right. And so I think it's key to understand our own personality, but then it's also key to understand those around us because that might be contributing to that as well. Because something that I thought was just a little like, hey, would you mind doing that very nice little, you know, comment that just added a boulder on you when I thought it was just a nice little, you know, easy comment or it could be the opposite right some you could you, somebody could come down and just say would you please get this done asap but actually it's a five minute task and i'm like man i just got that done i feel good so it's not always necessarily the way it's brought about but it's really who you're talking to right and, and how you're how those two personalities are are combating so um, real quick would either of you have a situation story example just way you've seen that play out where your personality has clashed with someone else's personality as it relates to adding that burnout because not everybody's like us you know for for better or worse we're we're you know we're all unique individuals and so we i feel like we interact with each other differently and that can cause burnout potentially so how have y'all seen that hmm that's a loaded question it is i might have to think about it um, I, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm definitely a golden retriever and that's kind of what my, um, I think you say this a lot, Tanner is whenever like the crazy, the craziness happens, what, what is your default? And mine is golden retriever. Like I want to people please. I want, I do want to have my list of things. I want to have an organized list and all that, but I, I really just want everyone to be happy with me, you know? Um, and so I can't necessarily think about when a person was clashing with me. Um, I do sometimes clash with really strong personalities. Um, I just remember throughout like school on school projects, um, we may have like a really strong personality that is just trying to dominate the project and I feel like I can't speak up. And so I I will say I didn't do a good job of speaking up either. Um, I would say I've learned that you have to sometimes just you know, speak and, um, ask them to listen. Sometimes you actually have to tell the person like, hold on, like I'm not, I wasn't done with that thought. Give me a second. Um, because it takes me a while to get my thoughts together sometimes. So just being open and honest about that and 
being able to voice, you know, your opinions. It's, it's hard as a golden retriever, but sometimes you just have to push through the uncomfortable and, and do it anyways. Yeah. Nothing like putting you on a podcast and asking you questions you weren't prepared for, right? That's exactly what we're doing. So Melissa, from your side, what, what would you say? So being maybe more goal task oriented, what, how, what's your perspective? Well, and I'm going to talk to it, I think a little bit more from a, like a leader perspective, Mm -hmm. you kind of approach the employee side of it, but from a leader perspective, you know, knowing your people, we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but just understanding, you know, what the role is that you're asking the person to do in context of what their personality style lends to, right? Um, And then I'll just put a little HR spin on it here too, right? Is if you are, if the role is this and you're asking somebody without that skill set to do that, something, if they're creative, but you're asking them to do beaver type work, right? Then you have to understand that the role that you need them to do is not necessarily their strength. And are you going to be able to retool them or are they in the right role? Do you need to reposition them? So those are some of the things from a leader perspective I think about too. Um, but really knowing your people and knowing what it is that they're strong at and trying to play to their strengths is critical. There's nothing worse than being put into a role that you know you're not good at, right? <laughs> I mean, we're being stretched, obviously, the three of us, because we're a really small company. There's a lot to be done. There, the things that we have to do in a small company are very similar to that of a large corporation. But, um, you know, that's a little bit different. We're in the situation because we want to be. It's part of our personal missions. Um, and it's heartfelt for us. So I think in larger companies and larger situations, you really have to play to the strengths of people because if you start putting them outside of their comfort zone, then you're kind of setting them up for failure in some way. That's, that's well said. And I think that much better says what I was clumsily getting to earlier in that I, something you see as a very small ask might be a huge deal to them because it might not be in their wheelhouse. It might be a week. You might think, oh, it only take me an hour to take get that done, take that off the list. Why, why are you stressing about it? And, right. But for that person, it might take them all day, right? Or vice versa. You might have like some really big, Hey, could you please, I know you have a lot on your plate and like, I can do that for you in five minutes. Just give it to me. Right. So understanding those personalities is going to help uh, address that, or at least help you approach those conversations. I think very well. Well, let's, before we wrap up, let's talk internally. So for the John Harrison team, Again, Melissa said this, you know, there's, we're all being stretched. We're all growing. You know, there's only four full-time employees, three of us other than John um, on this mission, this vision. We have other partners and uh, people we work with and we're honored that come alongside and help us do this well. But this is the team, right? The four of us are are the John Harrison full-time team. Um, And we're not perfect either. We've had uh, times where we've had to recalibrate and redirect and and change what we're doing to make sure we're avoiding burnout in a a healthy way. Uh, None better than even just today. Melissa and I both had our quarterly reviews with John uh, before we did this podcast. Interestingly enough, there you go. You know all about our internal workings and calendars now. Um, But in those quarterly reviews that we each had separately, the interesting thing was that we kind of realized like, we needed to redirect some of our focus and our strategic planning for 2023. And it's much better that we're doing that now after three months into the year, instead of waiting till June or the end of the year. And so my point of that is we had some really clear, very straightforward expectations to start the year. Here are our big goals. Here's what we want to accomplish. But we didn't wait a year and say, okay, now how do we do it that? We 
three months in are saying, okay, individually, what are we doing to contribute to that? What are some things that we don't need to be doing anymore? Um, so we're seeing those individual goals and those team goals um, and what needs to be recalibrated. Um, so that's not to say that John isn't still as supportive um, and helpful as he always has been. He's a very people-oriented person. Um, so he's always been that, but if there wasn't ever that pause to reevaluate and maybe change some things, well, even in a, you know, very, very positive work environment, that burnout could still happen, right? Even with a great boss. And so, um, how, whether it's here, whether it's been other companies, um, you've worked at, but how has that helped either one of you? How is that resetting of expectations or that, you know, that, that pulse check, so to speak, or that debrief, whatever you want to call it, but how does that help your, what, what, how can you go about that to help set you up for success? Um, cause obviously I just mentioned it, it's a good thing that we did it early. So and we didn't wait for a year because there was definitely some things where we need to make things easier for our clients. We need to make things easier for ourselves. Um, so how do you go about that without kind of feeling like a failure, so to speak? Cause you could say, man, we had all the wrong goals going into 2023, but that's not true. So what, what's your take on reestablishing those expectations going forward? Well, for me, well, first of all, I've never been part of a small company. You know, I've always been part of large corporations that have had um, very defined strategic goals. They probably have a very large context and history of where they've come from. So they've had a lot of opportunities to learn from mistakes and know that that's not what they want to do or that's not the direction or their core competency or things like that. So um, to kind of set the stage there, I mean, this is a new view for me even in a smaller company. But I can say honestly that I really appreciate John for those open and timely conversations just because, um, you know, this is a different kind of business than things that I'm accustomed to. And he realizes that I'm coming into a work and a role that I've not ever done before necessarily. So changing on the fly constantly, making changes, you know, I need that communication regularly because not only do I not, I'm not aware of and not familiar with this type of situation in a smaller company, but we're changing and we're growing really quickly. So the timeliness of those conversations is uber important in my opinion. Um, and then secondly, just the context of those conversations, right? Because as the four of us are continuing to move and grow, grow and shape with the company, all of that plays into our, abil our abilities to perform and perform well. And if we don't have that direction and regular communication with him, then you know, we're going to be less successful. Not that we're going to fail, but we won't be as effective as we can be. So that's, that's just some insight from my perspective and different organizations and sizes of organizations um, that I've been a part of. I agree with you on meeting. Meeting regularly has been a big help. You know, we, uh, our meetings Monday morning, our little huddles are great. So we can like refocus each week. Um, and then we meet as a big, you know, team very often. So, um, that has been super helpful as an employee. Um, and I know, like I said, we're not perfect. Like we've walked away from meetings sometimes like, okay, what did we just talk about and what do we need to be doing? And we need to have clear notes and, um, could be a little bit more clear in past meetings. But I think lately we've really kind of refocused and been able to like, just have those good notes. Melissa takes great notes during meetings and so that we can always like revisit and, and remember what we were talking about. So that's really for me just to help me remember. Well, you do a great <laughs> job at it. <laughs> well, and, I, and again, back to something Melissa shared earlier, I think 
part of a small growing team and this puts you know a lot of pressure on john as the owner and the ultimate decision maker but he's had to find our you know our wheelhouse our best seats on the bus so to speak right and so uh, and that's even changed as i mean you know i was the first full-time employee i mean brianna wells who's a part-time employees of us make does our culture guide creation and still assists us in a lot of ways behind the scenes there but she's part-time always has been so six years ago almost to you know six years here in about three weeks um i joined john as the first full-time employee is so as you may guess i did a little bit of everything even stuff i wasn't really great at but just it had to be done right well that's very different now that we have three people to help John in a full-time capacity because now not only does one person not have to do everything, but we all shouldn't feel like we have to do everything, right? We should be like, oh no, Melissa's really good at this. Let's let Melissa do that instead of Tanner worrying about it, right? And so we're splitting this up. So, um, and there's things I've had to let go of and be like, hey, that's not a good fit for me. I don't need to be doing this. Um, But then it also when you work for a small company, you have to be careful not to pick up too much, right? Because it's easy to be like, oh, I see this needs done, this needs done, this needs done. Absolutely. Okay, but we need a plan for that. We need the right person for that. And so we're juggling all of that, sure, but John's obviously helping us by, you know, putting us in the right seats on the bus. Madeline is in charge of editing all these podcasts, right? She has to deal with the chainsaw we just heard about three minutes ago. Yep, there it goes again. (laughs) It's going on cue. I promise they can't see us in here. Uh, You can go back and listen for that if you haven't heard it. Um, But it's there, and she's stressing out right now about how am I going to edit that out but guess what you know it's it's the real world chainsaw chainsaws happen outside while you're recording <laughs> um but we that's the perfect place for her i don't need to be editing podcast right um I, melissa doesn't need to be worrying about the numbers and the pricing and that well, I mean, we have to all agree on that and understand it but i'm writing up proposals and stuff because that's not in her wheelhouse that's in my wheelhouse she is helping us with our client interviews our onboarding process new hire training all those things those resources under the robust robust hiring box of the vip way that that second step she's taking that because that's her wheelhouse that's where she spent her career uh prior to this and what has uh helped you know that that perspective she's helped bring to the table in the last year over a year that she's been with us so my point of all that is as as decision makers we have to help get our people in those proper seats because that's going to be a big part of eliminating that burnout because there's nothing worse than having somebody do something they don't really enjoy they're not passionate about as you alluded to madeline because that'll burn you out really really quickly um the last thing i'll say and then i'll shut up the anything else from y'all want to hear it but um what something that's helped me here and just in our small company in the six years i've been here it's just having that open communication with john i mean that's been the probably the number one thing if i had to look back and say okay what's helped you during the highs and lows of the last six years i would have to say it's being able to just not only having the boss that will hear me because we all know john is that kind of a guy he's that kind of a leader but i also had to be willing to share and say hey this is something i'm not happy about right now here's something i am frustrated about or here's something i do would like to see change that doesn't mean i always get my way or that it always you know works out the way i think it should but i have to be able to voice that so that we're on the same page and then allow him to respond and us have that conversation and so um, that part's on me i couldn't walk around here and be like well i just wish john would make this a better place to work and with 
my arms crossed because he might have no idea what I'm feeling or thinking, right? So I have to be willing to bring that to him, uh, but then be willing to work through whatever that resolve may be, even if it's different than I expected or he expected, finding that, that compromise or that common ground. So I would always encourage you to speak up. I would always encourage you to bring things to your leader. If you have a supervisor you can't bring things to, find someone you can. Melissa mentioned that before. Someone in HR, another supervisor, someone someone else who will hear you out. Um, but ultimately, if your mission and your your what you're on this earth to do, whatever that is, if it doesn't align with the companies, then I do think that your ultimate decision has probably been made for you and you might need to realign you know, your priorities and where you work because um, that's going to burn you out. But I will tell you, many of us probably work in organizations that do support our mission our personal mission statement, and we've just got to make it through some hard days, right? And so these things that we've talked about today, I think, help us do that and help us keep that passion alive so that we can make it through the hard times. But I, I, we're not going to be shy and pretend like, you know, that there aren't places where you probably don't need to work, right? There's some places where we've all not, we're not currently working because our personal mission statement was something different than they had. And, and I feel like here at the John Harrison team, we all share that. And if we ever leave, it's not because any one of us, it's not going to be because of a mission misalignment. It's going to be because of other external things. Yes. Uh, we have that clearly in, in place, which helps us get through those hard days. But anything else from either one of you before we're done? Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with keeping open communication. Um, and especially if, even if it's not work related, if, if you just need to tell your boss, like, Hey, I'm going through some personal things and, you know, I may have to push some deadlines because of certain things. Um, you know, I think that you need to speak up and, and feel comfortable enough to say that. Cause I think that, like you said, if, if you're working for a company where they, they want to see you succeed and, and you feel comfortable, they should, they should respect that. And, um, you know, help you through it. Of course, you're going to have to hit certain deadlines and like, but, but I know like I've gone through some hard things this last year and I've been able to be like, okay, like this week is going to be hard. So, um, then whenever you have those hard days and weeks, like you just need to be able to, to voice that and feel comfortable yeah. in doing so. Well, and I, for me, I think it's to borrow from John and the, in the last podcast that we did, right. Your leaders are not sitting around in a room trying to figure out how to make your life miserable. I think if you just bring it to them and you're open and you have the discussion, you'll find that there's as much of a human factor and a realness to them as there is to you. And just having those conversations transparently is what is so critical to the whole process. Well, that's great. Well, thank you, uh, Melissa, Madeline, and for myself, Tanner, we're honored to be on here. Uh, thank you for listening to the John Harrison podcast. Tune in next time and you might actually hear John. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for your future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.